Hey there, folks. This is Joe with Joe Max Morons. We're back uh, talking about a pretty busy week uh, in in, uh, in European soccer in particular. Uh, I am here with Adam Young and Tom uh, Taylor Young. Hello. Oh, hello. I know. I know. Tom <laughs> Tom is here in spirit. Um, he'll interrupt us in spirit. Um, <laughs> how's it going guys good um so we had uh obviously a lot of games um which we all were watching a good bit of um but we also the transfer market um it's really funny that before the before we start recording i i would not have guessed that you guys were actually fairly interested in the syria uh title race it's a um um, it's a really interesting sort of bottleneck at the at the, at the near top at Syria. So I'm, I'm going to dig into it at, at the at the risk of being this week's punching bag. Um, Napoli's going to run away the whole thing, right? So that's going to be great. Yeah, but for nobody. Um, <laughs> but below them, you have a real bottleneck, and it's. You know, it's a it's a whole lot of like enters at forty points. Lazio, Atalanta, uh, Milan, all at thirty eight. Roma at thirty seven. Udinese at twenty nine. I mean, really, you know, Adam, as you said, I mean, it's it's a it's what three points separating you know two to six right now. Um, and you know, uh, look, let's just say it. It sucks when your team is the one falling on their face and dropping down the right, dropping down the line, and you have Inter playing well and you have Lazio playing well, and you know you see Roma getting stronger. You know it sucks that you know Jose is the coach at Roma because you can't stop thinking about Roma because the guy always gets in front of the press and always has something to say. And he always gets the headlines. So. Interestingly, Adam, you were kind of bringing up this, you know, this race. Um, I mean, do you see how this thing shakes out? Is there anything that sort of is st- standing out to you besides the closeness of everything, which also, is, you know, is quite a treat? Well, yeah, I mean, I, the, the 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 tightness of the race is is insane. Obviously, not the not Napoli is is thirteen points ahead of second place Inter. But, but you have Inter at 40, Lazio at, at 38, Atalanta at 38, Milan at 38, Roma at 37, and then, you know, Udinese, I think, uh, at uh, at 29, which is eight points after that. So so it's really, like you said, it's, it's three teams or five teams looking for three spots, it looks like. And uh, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like Roma has an advantage with with Mourinho just because he's savvy. He knows how to get points. He knows how to, how to grind it out in a in a league. He's going to squeeze um, every every result. Yeah, he's he's going to squeeze yeah. every result. I feel like Roma has an advantage. I feel like Milan has an advantage. Milan won the league. They they know they know what it takes. They have the basic most of the same players there. I think they're 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 in a. Uh, because you know, earlier in the season, they were they were second place. They were they were like one point off the lead. They were they were very close. Uh, I just feel like they're they're in sort of a bit of a dip, and they're gonna they're gonna right the ship. Atalanta is Atalanta is is an interesting club because they're not, you know, they've been good for the past like 
you know, seven, eight years. They're not a huge club, but they've been really good. They've, they've built this reputation. They've been good. Lazio is, you know, fairly big Italian club. Um, and Inter is obviously a huge club. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's crazy how close it is right now at half at the at the halfway point of the season, but I feel like it's there's going to be a lot that changes over the next like month or so, and we're going to get a clearer picture after that. Yeah, I mean, Adam or Taylor, what do you think? I think it's uh, it's funny because usually when there's a runaway winner, that's a you know ends up being a boring season, but. It's kind of like the runaway winner is gone, and then it is just incredible to have five teams that close in points vying for the three remaining Champions League spots. And then you think that Juventus doesn't even factor into that. So Juventus was right up there with them. That was seven teams for those three spots before they were docked points. So I do think Adam's right. I think in the next month it probably starts to become a little bit more clear, but it's going to be really exciting because that's, you know, just a lot of teams vying for those three spots and it's not always that tight. Yeah. I, I Italy's always been a bit top heavy in the past and uh, yeah, um, it's never been as exciting. And, and, you know, I am certainly excited by this. I, I, I just wish that Ocean Milan were just, we're just not losing games so deliberately right now. And, and it really has a ton to do with, with Tadarazzo and goal has a ton to do with just a, a bit of a lack of an organization, a lack of confidence right now. Um, the, the, the whole right side needs to be upgraded in Calabria. Kind of, we were all kind of hoping Dest would be that, that upgrade, but Dest is, is still taking some time to, you know, it, I guess it took a little too long to acclimate to Syria. Um, I actually am not sure what has occurred. I, I thought his loan actually ended. So he, whether he's still there or if he went back to Barcelona, I'm not sure. There's another interesting team in the middle of the pack right now, sitting on 25 points. To, and just recently, uh, last weekend, beat Juve. Um, and that's a team called Monza. Um, to give you guys a little bit of an insight about Monza, Monza is now currently owned by Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> And managed by Galliani, the former the former Milan uh, ownership and management group. So Monza, I mean, only five years ago was in Serie D. So they they won. They every year they've been promoted in the last in the last four years, all the way up to Serie to, to Serie A this year, and they're middle of the pack now. That's not probable. It's not, that's not a normal progression uh, when it comes to, but when you talk about Silvio Berlusconi, are you historically saying something spend, shady could be going on? Because that seems unlikely, Joe. I mean, it's Italy, it is, it's Italy Joe. You, I'm not one to dismir- to besmirch the the high integrity of the Italian football league. Obviously, um, I don't know much anything that has gone on uh, in this league, but. Uh, you know, what's really funny is Franklin Ford's book, um, you know, How Soccer Explains the World. It, it just like, he just, just blatantly, Berlusconi and Agnelli at Juve just did nothing but buy refs, you know, pay off the leagues, you know, basically give themselves the wins every single year. Um, Berlusconi also obviously just embezzled tons of money out of Milan, yep. left left them in the ditch with without, without a penny, massive amounts of debts. Maldini doing an amazing job getting them out of debts. 
fixing the you know fixing the the, the the entire team. How this guy is able to have to be an owner in another team after what he did to Milan is it it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But you know this is what people who are in leadership in political leadership positions right. and media you know he's the owns one of the largest media um, you know companies in Italy as well. Mm-hmm. So. You guys probably do not know a ton about Monza. Um, no, I'm I did guessing not. you're probably going to look this up at some point in time yeah. because <laughs> it is it is not something that it looks exactly as it should. And again, I'm not saying anything has happened. Don't send me fish in newspapers here. <laughs> Don't. But I'm just no saying horse, that no horse heads in your bed. No horse heads in my bed. But I'm not saying anything has happened here. All I'm saying is if there were to be anyone in Italy that looks into things like law and, and, and you know, crime, and I don't know that there is, actually, <laughs> this is probably not a terrible place to look briefly. Just, you know, check it, ask some questions. I don't know. Well, look at the results. Didn't the uh, that crime boss that was caught a few weeks ago, didn't he escape? Immediately, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> right and away. Joe, isn't isn't Monza where Ferrari is? It's in Lombardy. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't Ferrari just made in Detroit? <laughs> um but uh but yeah, so so that's a Monza, by the way, also like winning, just like winning games too. They're they're a tough, they're a tough game against Milan. I do think Milan won the last, um, the last matchup. They'll they'll have more. Milan's got a derby uh, coming up this weekend, and it's probably the least confident I've been, you know, in, in derby week in for quite couple, some time. Past couple of years, probably right. And it stinks because uh, Chahanoglu just does nothing but you know puff his chest out like a douchebag. He was he was thrown out of Milan because he just sucked and he refused to play. And he apparently took a, a whole bunch of homage about being you know being cast away. So he went to went to Inter, does nothing but talk shit. And for years we've just been kicking the shit out of him. Um, you know every every occasion they win one like they won the cup against Milan in like Dubai and. That guy could not have had a, a shittier eating grin on his face, and couldn't have couldn't have gotten to his Instagram fast enough to just yeah. do nothing but but just talk trash to Milan and Milan fans. Um, so good for him for losing the Scudetto last year, but winning a meaningless trophy. <laughs> not that I'm bitter. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> So surprisingly, I mean, Milan did nothing at the transfer at the transfer window. They they really needed a goalkeeper. They really needed a right winger. Um, there were rumors about Pulisic going there too. Yeah, but I mean, there's no way that they were that the money was going to work out. I mean, Baldini's not going to spend that kind of money, especially not on a guy who's hurt a lot. Um, I, I I have no doubt that Maldini likes Pulisic's forward thinking mind. I'm sure he likes his age. But he does not like the injuries. I guarantee. Maldini has to like they have to take risks. Like they're he's he's been very clear. He's not going to go out and buy some big you know big huge player. It's just not going to happen. We don't they don't have the finances for it. He's mm-hmm. not going to sacrifice 
the future of the team for any signing, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. And this is why the, the talks with Leal have been so um, have been so stalled because Leal wants a bunch of money, and, and Baldini's like, well, we, can't, we can't do it because, quite frankly, given where everything is right now, we don't know that they're going to make the Champions League next year. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's but, a that's a big that's a big injection of cash every year. I think Maldini clearly has not looked into organized crime, though. <laughs> well, you know what? You may have a point. Milan, Milan playing a at a disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's probably like the only team now not paying off the officials. Not paying <laughs> <Yeah>. off the... <laughs> it's, amazing, it's amazing that they are where yeah. they are. Milan's going to be the only team not docked points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how they win. Yeah, that, that's no, how they win, win, yeah. They'll be the next one docked because they didn't pay up. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> so you know it's funny Juve got rid of a couple players um, two that are were, I mean starting you know starting player wise inconsequential I kind of thought they'd sell off more um, I did too I mean yeah. Adam or Taylor you know they, but they did get rid of a Kenny which is on a loan they got rid of his his, his pay I kind of thought they were going to sell off more did you? Yeah and especially uh, since we're in the transfer market with um the amount that United has been linked to Rabio in the past, and then Erickson goes down, and United have to make a quick move and end up going for um, Sabitzer. It's, I was I was surprised. I thought that I thought that Juve needed to be selling, and I thought that uh, you know Rabio would be a perfect fit to slot in for Erickson. And you know, apparently there had already been United interest, so I I thought that was going to happen initially when we saw when we saw the Erickson injury. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought Juve was going to be selling more players and they they got a couple guys off the books, but not not near like the exodus that people talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they get the old, the, the older players. I, I thought guys like Quadrado and some other some other players right, might, exactly. might be yeah. gone, yeah. you know. Um, so speaking of uh, McKenney, Adam, how do you feel about his loan move to Leeds? Uh, Good for Juve to get his to get the money off the books. What's the uh, what, what's the impact you think? The impact for for Leeds for, for McKinney. Yeah. Uh, I think they get a good player. I think they get a really good player. They get a Champions League type player. Um, I'm not sure that's where Leeds needs uh, help. I think Leeds needs help in the or. They need help in the the center backs. They need help in their pretty much their entire back line. That's been their problem. They can always they can press. They can go forward. They can score goals. They they just they don't defend well. They can't stop teams from scoring on them. Um, <clears throat> so maybe hey, if you're gonna bank on scoring more than your opponent, I don't. I think I think I think McKinney adds a bit in. You know, assisting Tyler Adams as far as is that Tyler Adams, that holding midfield spot. McKinney is not just going to uh, like forget about his defensive responsibility. I, I, I don't think I think he he gets forward. Sometimes he looks like he's walking, but I feel like he knows where he is on the pitch. He knows where he needs to be on the pitch, both going forward and defensively. So. I think it's going to help a bit, but I think they need they need help in their in their back line, and and I, I just don't see going out and spending money on McKenney. I, I don't know how that helps them. 
Well, I mean, Tyler's got to be pretty happy to have a guy like like Weston, right? Like he's he's got a, that outlet to push it forward. I don't think Tyler really wants to get up and down, like wants to get super forward um, anyway. But do you think that a guy like Tyler right now is you know can can help the defense more with a guy like McKinney Taylor? Um, it depends how how Marsh plays McKinney because in the U.S. we're used to seeing McKinney in a more advanced role than he typically yeah. plays. He's not. You know, Musa is more of the box-to-box midfielder for the U.S. team. He's the guy that links up offense and defense, does the, you know, relentless pressing and um, and really, really progresses the ball. And that's when, you know, McKinney's really, especially in the U.S., he's really good in the final third. He's either pops up in a great position on the right to get balls in or he is making late runs into the into the box and finishing off especially like crosses with his head and stuff like that so we've seen that a lot from him i'm curious to see how marsh plans to play him if he's going to play him in an advanced role like that or more box to box with more defensive responsibility and i would that's the i would imagine it being more box-to-box with more defensive responsibility. Yeah, but don't you think, like, he could, you know, as he gets forward, he can, you can have those benefits. Yeah, absolutely. Of him playing yeah. those balls. Oh, for but sure. He's he's also going to be relied upon as far as getting back and supporting yeah. Tyler Adams. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, in, it's, in... it's, it's again, like, think, think in the U.S. team. Like, I'm only saying him, he, he still has defensive responsibilities. He's a midfielder. So when he drops in, when you see like the U.S. in a defensive shape, that's usually when Musa drops side by side with Adams, and I think at Leeds we're gonna see McKenney drop side by side with Adams. But to your point, Adam, like McKenney having like even though he's not, I don't think he's gonna have a more attacking role. He's still gonna have plenty of opportunity to get forward, and that's when he's great at making late runs into the box. So mm-hmm. I think I do think that like the skill set he has offensively is going to be a big benefit for Leeds. Yeah. And I think with having Tyler Adams there as the anchor, yeah. You know, as that pivot, you know, he's he can get forward and be like, "All right, I give me I have a a couple extra seconds to get back, you know." Yep. Yep. It's funny, um Tyler actually interviewed Weston the other I day. I saw that. Yeah. And and that's that's actually something they spoke about, you know, Tyler's like, you know, where do you see yourself? And and Wes was like, you know, more, you know, box to box, but you know, trying to get forward a little bit. And Tyler's like, play a little defense. He's like, nah. <laughs> Wes just said, no, nah, you can do it. Um, I, I I do think I, I do think that you know that rotation with them is going to be interesting because I think you know Tyler will just continue rotating back while Weston can continue rotating forward. Yeah. And I, and I think that to your point, Adam, you know, Tyler being the the anchor. Um, he is very good at stopping attacks, collect, you know, collecting the ball and outletting fast. Like Tyler's not looking to dribble. He's not looking to to start the plays. He's that's not at all what he's looking. At. He's looking to get that ball off his feet to somebody who can push it forward. And I, I'm kind of excited to see Weston be in that spot with it, you know, for him. And he is he is good in that role where he can he he he, he he's. He's taking up space, basically. He's really good at knowing where to be, where to be, where to take the space. And when the ball comes to him, he just gets it off quickly. Usually out wide, but like you saw, like today. So today, United played in the uh, the Carabao Cup uh, semifinal. Casemiro, the ball came to him. He played it directly to 
to Martial. One touch, like, right? Like, like one touch, right to Martial. 20, 25 and it's yards like down the field, if, yeah. if, if Tyler Adams can add that to his repertoire, I mean, yep. he's he's going to be freaking he's going to be amazing because he does he does everything right defensively cuts off yeah. all the passing lanes cleans exactly. up tackles he does all of that but that is the that's that's what Casemiro possesses that like truly yeah. makes him world class that right he where, has where the you shot can, he can pick out the corner he yeah where, where he can play a position where you normally have to have two players yeah. you know yeah so he he to Joe's point he outlets quickly but to what you're saying, like when the opportunity hits, he can play that incisive pass. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and that yeah. Tyler Adams would be incredible. Not, not that he's he bad has. playing. Not that he's bad distributing the ball. It's just it's it's usually wide or, you know, the easy ball. You know, it's Tyler Adams is always looking for the high percentage, quick ball off his foot, which is smart. Retain possession. Retain yes. possession. You know that. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually think that's going to help the defense out a little bit more. I do think that's going to free Tyler up a little to, to give them a little cover to, uh, to to try to cut off some of the runs. I mean, they're, they're getting beat everywhere, but maybe he can sort of cut off that those middle runs a little bit a little bit more. He can, you know, cover the cover the backs when they're when they're being pulled out wide. Because um, I really also I, I think the backs are also it, you know for Leeds are just getting out of position constantly. Yeah, yeah, just getting just getting you know, toyed with essentially in that, in that regard. So I'm hoping that organizes the back a little bit. I, I hope, I, not because I'm a lead fan, because I, I, I want Jesse's, you know, system to work. I want him to be successful in the Premier League. It's, it's a big win for a U.S. coach. And I, 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 I'm very much rooting for that to be the case. I think McKenney helps because I think that Jesse Marsh has started doing recently what we all were saying he needed to do, like just introduce a little bit of pragmatism. It can't be all out press all the time. Whoever, like if the ball is in front of you, you're attacking, which literally is like, that's, that's the system. It's like, you don't have, you have to have an insane amount of quality on a team to be able to play that way. So he's introduced the pragmatism, which has gotten them like, you know, they've had some clean sheets, but then they can't score. So I do think McKenney is a good link up. He's strong mm-hmm. defensively, and he adds that extra bit of quality going forward. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. I think it's overall it's a good, it's a great signing for Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Bamford would would find his form again. I mean, he, he's a guy that, that so many injuries, he's missed so much time. But as he's come back, he's made mm-hmm. a couple in here and there, but it's been in. in yeah, but Rodrigo has been great, so they haven't. He's been awesome. So. Yeah, look I mean, to see, pretty much look to see role. one striker's good. Two also, also look to see Aronson getting forward more with McKinney in the in the mix. I know. So, yeah, why hasn't Aronson been more impactful over the last you know say you know two months or so? He his his impact has has lessened a lot. Over as have they figured out more? Is that it? Style of play in that high press system. Look at when Pochettino was at uh, Spurs with a thin squad and you're putting out the same squad basically every week, it's just relentless and your energy levels just drop, you know, yeah. you're at that time of the season. So I think, that's, yeah. I think that's the most to do with it. Cause it has been a whole team dip too. Yeah. But I think like with, with McKinney, I think uh, Aronson will have more freedom to go forward with less, a bit less responsibility defensively. Yeah. I think so. Too. Yeah. You think this? Do you think this pulls them out of a um, a little bit of a, you know, a little? It, it's a little bit of a slide. I mean, they, I know they pulled out a couple of wins here and there, but they've 
they've they've hung down there around that relegation zone. Do you uh, think this this maneuver with McKenney? Do you think that helps them get out of that zone? Hopefully. Yeah, as 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 a U.S. <laughs> soccer fan, I would say hope. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. really not good for us if that many of our <laughs> top players and a good manager get relegated. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that there's three Americans uh, on the Leeds team, is our passport good now in, in Leeds? Is it accepted? I yeah, think that's the way right? it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was pretty sure that's how it works. Actually, um, you know, real quick. Uh, United brings in one. They got they got they they sent like Twan Twan TV and a couple other players that are sort of you know fairly inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. But they bring in Sabater. And uh, what what are your initial thoughts on that, Taylor? Um, so I kind of touched on it before. I thought that United would go for Rabio once Erickson was hurt. I think that Sabater isn't necessarily an upgrade on anyone you know, behind Casemiro and Bruno in the midfield. So I think it's more depth. I think you'll see Sabitzer and Fred kind of rotate in that spot. Um, and I think the Vanghorst, uh, I think that signing was was really smart. Just really competent hold-up man. It's a very unsexy move, but it keeps keeps the style of play ticking in Ten Hag's system. And it it is very beneficial for someone like Rashford. So he doesn't have to play center forward and he can be off the wing where mm-hmm. he really, really excels. Mm-hmm. Well, after Cavani, there's not going to be any quote sexy moves to make beyond well, that. That's I true. Mean, that, that's that true. really got that really <laughs> yeah, took yeah, the yeah. cake. Um, Adam, where are you on the Sabitzer move? Are you, are you do you think he impacts this team a lot, or really just kind of fills in? I think he's going to be. I think, uh, like Taylor said, he's going to be a, a a a role player. He's going to come in as needed. I think he's going to get some starts. He's gonna he's going to play. That uh, you know, six roll, eight roll, but I, I I think that Fred will probably play most of the time with with uh, with Casemiro and with uh, Bruno, but especially with you know, Fred and Casemiro's familiarity with each other. Yeah, exactly. Bra- the Brazilian you know connection there, and yeah, I think that uh, you know it's funny. Taylor said Rabio. I I was thinking I I saw some rumors at the beginning of the window that they were looking. At Griezmann, and I was like, "That Griezmann would be perfect to to fill in for Ericsson in the oh, way that Griezmann team. played. In the way that Griezmann played in the World Cup, that's exactly what Ericsson adds to United. So, like, I saw these rumors, and then and then it was like nothing. And then Ericsson goes out, and it's like, okay, go for go for Griezmann. That's exactly what you need, and nothing. So, yep. so I don't know. Um, I think Fred can do a job. I think Fred." Is very good at, at, at that at that role when he doesn't have to try and be Casemiro. When when you try and tell him he has to be Casemiro, and when you, when you tell him like box to box, but also you're the holding midfielder, like it's not it doesn't. He's not great at that, and I think that's why most of his time at United, people were like down on him. But when you let him be the the forward going midfielder, you know. And, and let Casemiro take that anchor spot and and he and Bruno can go forward, whether Bruno's on the right or or Fred's, you know, off he's not gonna be off the left. But, you know, I think Fred can do a, a, a fairly good job in, in covering that role. 
I think Fred is just perfectly competent at every aspect of the game and doesn't excel necessarily at any. So yeah. he's perfect as a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, because yeah. He can, he's capable of handling every situation thrown at him, but he doesn't need to excel defensively and be that shield for the back line. He it, doesn't need to provide goals and assists, but he does chip in with it, you know. It's, he's and the funny capable. thing is, don't you don't you think, though, that McTominay is similar in that way, That but neither one of them were that holding yeah. pivot anchor that Casemiro is. And yeah. so they tried to put like one of them there and the other one going forward or try it the other way around, yeah. and it never worked because neither one of them is good at that. They did the same thing with Pogba. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. It, it was like they had be available for a purchase, the, by the, the way, team, if Manchester United is interested. The team was just dying for a Casemiro literally for five years before he was yeah. signed. It's funny you you say that because because Pogba and Fred and McTominay, they play the same position and they tried yeah. to get the three of them playing together, but they all play the same position. It's yes. like it's like so stupid. Yep. Um well I I I I, this is awesome, actually. I really appreciate that. There's a, a good back and forth. And I, I like, you know, obviously we all like the detail of it all, the nuance of it all. And, and uh, um, so that was, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good conversation as, as things change and the pieces are moving around Europe, the different teams. Um, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, Taylor, you mentioned that Fred is competent at everything. Do you, would he be interested in playing goalkeeper at AC Milan? Because... <laughs> We could use it. We could use a every every right every aspect every aspect of uh, on the field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, always fun hanging out and. Uh, doing this on the podcast even though we do it all day every day on text anyway. Um, so thanks a lot for for checking us out. Um, one one last question, um, uh, Taylor. Pogba went to Juve for free. United paid a ton of money to bring him back. He went back to Juve for free. I hear he's available for eighty million. Are you taking him? Break break the world record again. Just go. <laughs> Just do it. Right? Uh, I mean, he at this point he's got to prove he can be healthy. I, I think it'd be a little less than eighty free. million, but it would definitely. Yeah. Uh, Adam, do, do you take Pogba back? I take him back if he's healthy, like Taylor says, because I think Ten Hag, under Ten Hag, he if Ten Hag was the manager like five years ago, Pogba would be the best player in the world, maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah, better than Chris Rolf. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Now that you say that, maybe it was a bit hyperbolic. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah, second best. Keep things in perspective, guys. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, all right, guys, on that uh, terrible joke, um, really want to thank everyone for, for checking us out and uh, enjoyed the games this weekend, even the Milan Derby, which is going to be tough to get through. I'll be drinking early. Uh, so, uh, so enjoy the weekend, everyone, and we'll come back next week. Take care.